The title race is officially over and Manchester City are champions yet again. Three in a row. There's three of us. One's absolutely buzzing and two, a little bit deflated. Roll the intro. Hello and welcome back to the Lost in Possession podcast. First things first, please hit that subscribe button. Takes two seconds and it is absolutely free. Today, the topic is, of course, the Premier League champions, Manchester City. Once again, Guardiola's men find a way to get it done, irrespective of any downside, any potential challenges. Reese might disagree on that. But today we discuss, one, how have City been able to achieve this consistent success? Is it just Pep? Is it signings? Is it ballroom? Is it director level? And also, we discuss how long will this last? Is the Premier League just a farmer's league? Let's get started. Jamie, obviously you're buzzing there at the game. Talk to us. Are you bored of winning now? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Come on. I, I've been there and seen us been relegated. Like... The turnaround to see your team being relegated and winning it, you don't get many clubs who have done it. Unfortunately, Leicester might be one of them this season, although they've seen they've probably seen them being relegated already. It's you love it all the time. It was a bit odd because it's not us winning to to make us champions because Arsenal lost. Therefore, the game, I think the less said about it, the better, probably for both of us, George. <laughs> because yeah. We played a B team. You are in absolute dire form. And the goal came from a Fafana mistake, really. And the rest of the game wasn't that impressive. I was there for it. It wasn't, It wasn't. you know, the quality of what City have been showing like it was midweek against Real Madrid. But am I bored of winning? Absolutely not. I, hopefully it's one down, two to go. And that will be an absolute historical treble. Yeah. Um, I think you've got to go with your question of why are we winning, really. Um, I think it's actually everyone you said, <laughs> though. It, it's, not just, it's not just Pep. It's not just Harlem banging in the goals. And it's not just the board getting decisions right together which I think a lot of clubs don't have, which is why you've seen United spend more, Chelsea spend quite a lot of money, and it doesn't it doesn't mean you get success. Like Arsenal, okay, they haven't actually got success, but they've spent money and they've got up there, but there's still something to get, you need something to get you over the line. And that's what I think City have at the moment, and that's why we've won it, what, five in six years now under Pep, or five in seven years under Pep, which is still ridiculous. Reese, are you are you as sick of seeing Man City win as I am? Uh, I guess that's a good question. <laughs> um, well, it it begs the question of like who can really cop like compete with them. Let's be honest. I mean, you're winning it five out of six. Chances are they're probably going to make it six out of seven next season. You know, it's they're not going to have a challenger for quite some time. I think and. And that's where you have to probably be like, you know, 
it's getting a bit boring now. Many people said that, you know, during the 90s, when United were winning it all the time. So I suppose it's a, it's definitely one of those, you know, like, come on, we need something. But it's modern football, isn't it? You know, you need money to be successful and, and that's what City have access to. It's not just that, but that, that is how modern football works. So until someone else can have the financial equivalent, things won't really change. I think as well on that point, you know, we talk about Arsenal and how they've sort of, you know, surprisingly pushed City, which uh, let's be fair, was, was unexpected a little bit out of the blue. But you're going back to the point around spending. And, and as we know, I think it was it was the summer window, I believe, but Arsenal spent the most or had the highest net spend, I believe, last summer. And then the year later, they're, they're pushing for the title. So although, yes, maybe no one can compete right now, it's showing that actually maybe spending can in a year or two work. But you've got to look at City and although, you know, the signings they've made, again, just seem to work near perfectly. Haaland, we know, well, we've had debates over the transfer value, obviously being reported as 50 mil euros. I think the overall package, as we know, has been very expensive. So it's not necessarily about spend. It's also about making the players work. And, and making the players fit. And it's not... And again, Jamie, you've said it at City, it's not... It's Well, it's unusual that players will just come in and work perfectly. Maybe, you know, Haaland, let's be fair, everyone probably thought Haaland was a different beast and, and he's proven he is. You know, he's almost not human, as everyone said. But you look at other signings like Grealish and, and it, take, it does take time. But City, whether they spend or don't spend or get in, you know, a cheaper signing like Alvarez, it just seems to work. And is that is that down to Pep? Is that down to directors? I, I don't know. For the for the Harlem one, it it's down to Pep changing the tactics, really, because past few years, I I do find it a bit disrespectful to Jesus saying we didn't have a striker, but we didn't play like he was a striker. We put him on the wing. We played with a false nine. So changing your complete formation that you've been you know gelling the team for a, two years take something and normally does have a period of sort of transition and arguably for city that was five months five six months because at the start of the season we weren't we weren't firing like we are now sort of people would we sort basically city did like a um champions sort of reveal and they quote quotes from out the year and you had talking about, oh, this is City's era ending, they look lacklustered, all this, because we weren't, you know, winning 15 games in a row, which I think people need to understand that's not normal. I know Pep City have been doing it for a few years, but it's still not normal. You can't. It's not going to be maintained for the next five years. It's just not. And that's where City getting 90 plus points is not normal, sort of. Before the Pep era, I think there was only two, maybe three teams who'd got it before. So I do feel like it's Pep for the sort of the way the consistency is. But you are right, Jordan. Most players come in and take a year because Pep's so intense, and you're it's like it's like your GCSEs. It took you two years before you took the exam and probably finally got it just before the exam happened. Whereas where you're learning under the peps, 
But with Haaland, it was a bit different because the whole bit was get the ball to him so he can shoot. He can have a tap in. He can have a header. So I think it's a bit different in that way, whereas Grealish had to learn how City played and what was needed from him. But it's like you said, it's not just Grealish. It's, there was loads of other players. I think the only two that have come in and just hit the ground running is Haaland and Ruben Diaz at the back. Other than that, it takes time. Let, let, let's have a quick debate that's been sort of doing the rounds on social media. Now, Haaland is obviously coming, as I said, hit the ground running, delivered, somehow kind of over-delivered, if that was even possible, on the hype he had. Now, we've obviously seen City win the league without a striker. But this season specifically, and again, it's a little bit hypothetical because maybe you wouldn't have sold Jesus if you hadn't have bought Haaland. If you take Haaland out of the team this season... Where do you think the table would have finished given how Arsenal played? Would City still win the title or do you think Arsenal could have could have nicked it without Haaland? Due to the fact of the fall-off of Arsenal, City would still win the title. Because if you actually look at the points, I think the max I can get is 85, which is still very top. But City are still hitting that 90 points. And I think if you had Alvarez... Are we saying we keep we have Alvarez instead of Haaland, basically? Yeah. Alvarez will score more goals than what Jesus will. He's he's a, he's a better finisher in that way. Jesus has better other qualities. So I think we he wouldn't have scored as many as Haaland. I don't see any player on the planet doing that. Even Kane. I think Kane would get a num- good number of goals. He still wouldn't get as many because Haaland's all about goals. Kane would be in the build-up. I still think we'd win the title due to the fact I think everyone else has been pretty poor. <laughs> Jordan, Chelsea especially. Liverpool, poor until like the last sort of like five games. They've sort of gone, oh, we could get Champions League here. Let's kick, kick, kick on. It was between us and Arsenal. And due to the fact of how much they've fallen, I think it would still be City's title. But it's different if we didn't, if we didn't have Haaland. We may not have beaten you, and then the pressure might have been a bit different. Reese, where where do you stand on that? Do you agree? Disagree? No, I agree completely. I think I think um, they'd have just changed tactically if they still had Jesus. Alvarez would have banged in minimum twenty anyway. You know, I, I don't really think that's a problem. Holland is a different beast, but they're still a very well oiled machine without him. And as Jamie said, everyone else had very poor seasons, which is one of the reasons why Arsenal did finish second. I think that needs to be understood. Um, and yeah, this that simple. No, nothing was going to stop City. The only team that would have had a chance was Liverpool, and they and they you know sodded it up around October. So yeah, I think as well a, a point on that is, is you look at the differences in in, in leaders of the players, and and you've got Man City who KDB's maybe had a you know. He's, he's finally not had a 9 out of 10 game for like three, four matches. And then you've got Gundogan out of nowhere just comes in and he's he's absolutely world-class scoring key goals. You've then got Bernardo Silva, Jamie, I know you've always rated him, like dropping, dropping 10 out of 10 performances. Like you've then got, you know, even Mares, who wasn't playing in the side, goes, I think it was in the, the, the FA Cup semi-final, just bangs a hat-trick. And, 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 and to, I guess to answer my own question, I, I do think without Harlan, you're right, you've got the players and you've got the experience to step up. 
Whereas you look at Arsenal and in this difficult moment where they've withered away, you know, who's their star boy? Saka. What's Saka done in the last four, maybe five games? Virtually. Absolutely nothing. I, I know. For my fantasy so, team. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> what I was about to say. I, I got rid of Odegaard, got in Saka, and since then, he's done absolutely nothing. But to the point, that's where Arsenal are lacking. And Reese, obviously, you've said it, you know, all season. Saka is unreal, has been unreal, but has dipped off at this key period in the season. And that is the concern, I think, for Arsenal moving forward as well. Um, in, in terms of, I guess, longevity, nothing really is changing at City. Jamie, I guess the other debate before we move on is, is around Pep. If you do win the treble, and that's a big if, it's only you know a third complete, what more can Pep do? Why would he stay at City? Surely he, he just goes, I'm done, I've, I've, I've won it all and sips margaritas on a beach for the rest of his life. So Pep won't be retiring anytime soon. Whether he stays at City is a different matter. He won't retire because he needs... He lo- he just loves football and will be constantly wanting to do something with football. So if he did leave, let's say he won the treble and he just left, he'd still go into another team. I think he'd go nas- nationally, to be honest, internationally. Um, however, n- the thing is, he can still build on it. Sort of, I've, I, I think I said this to you, no one's won four in a row Premier Leagues. Go and do that. I think he's got such a great setup at City because even if you go to the sort of the higher ups, there were his mates from Barcelona. He's known them for absolute years and years. They're friends. Everything around City is built for Pep to basically, if Pep, what Pep says goes, sort of like you go with a Cancelo sort of situation. Pep said, get rid of Cancelo. He's gone. It all happened very instantly as well. It wasn't like there were rumours he might leave, he might leave. It was nothing. One day, boom, gone. He's at Bayern. So Pep's got it sort of like it's your perfect scenario because it's built for you. I think the only thing that Pep can do after is the international route. Um, That's really all I can see. But I think Pep would also get bored doing the international route because he wants to be playing football at the training ground all the time. So that's where I don't see him really leaving, because who's he going to go to? The only place is back to Barca, in my opinion. But they're not going to sack Xavi at the moment. So I don't see it. I see him staying for at least least two more seasons. Reese, where do you you see him giving up, or do you agree, I guess, with Jamie, that he he could stay for him? You know, at least two years. No, I'd agree with Jamie. I think I think you're right. Pep Pep's obsessed with football. He's obsessed with it. He's he's got those sort of Bill Shankly vibes where even if he did step away, he would keep appearing at the training ground. Do you know what I mean? You just can't wouldn't be able to get rid of him. Um I think I think at City there's still lots for him to achieve, like what Jamie said, the four in a row. Um the highest number of Premier League title wins is thirteen. Ferguson at United beat that you know if you really want to push it and go for all time titles then it's a long time but he can push for that if he really wants to but I I think it's only going to go one or two ways he's either going to go to international and manage Spain or he's going to go to Italy 
and he will manage, say, Inter, AC, Juve, because that way then he's done sort of the full circle, apart from France, which he could do if he wanted to. But yeah, I don't, I don't see Barcelona in the offering just because the reason he left really was more they'd got sick of him um, with the way he was, with his obsession, obsessions and routines and things. So yeah, I think I think it's only going to be um, City uh, for a for a few more years. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take him in England if he wants an international job. Win England a bloody trophy. There's a challenge for you. I see it going to Brazil. To be perfectly honest, why? Wow. If if it's the international, I see Brazil because Brazil are a nation that are crazy about football as well. So I think it could work there, but obviously I don't want him to go. <laughs> Sign, sign whatever you want, Pep. That contract should be a blank piece of paper, and Pep signs whatever he wants. Well, to your point, Reese, I, ho- I hope he's not going for the thirteen. I mean, what, what's Pep on five, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that, I guess we got to take a minute to appreciate Sir Alex Ferguson because that is mental. Like, so if he's Pep, on five, Pep, sorry, go on. If he's on five, that means they're on seven prem titles overall, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sec- second, second most. Yeah. Prem titles, more than doable, and than joint doable. joint fourth overall. So teams say we've got no history. We've we've, bit, we've built the history. Joint fourth, we've joint fourth with Everton. We've all heard that one. Um, <laughs> with with um, where sorry, what was I going to say? I was going to basically with competition. I mean, well, let let's actually start with if. He, <laughs> I mean, he, he'd need eight more Premier Leagues. If he stays for the next eight years and wins eight Prems, like, I, I think the Premier League would would lose some fans, let's put it that way. So the, the next question before we move on, is the Premier League now at risk of becoming a Farmers League? No, because there's too much money around other clubs to, for it to happen. You've got Newcastle with their owners, United possibly getting bought out. Even if they don't, they've still spent, they've actually spent more than City since the takeover. So teams will still spend. It's more about getting it right. Pep isn't going to stay for eight more years. It, I'd love it to happen. It won't. And even if it did, we aren't winning eight in a row. We aren't winning what? So three, 11 in a row, you're, you're saying? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> It just ain't happening, and it, it won't happen. Like you got like Bayern this year, probably aren't winning it on sort of. You got Dortmund now, one win away from it. Liverpool won it in a sort of. Liverpool came out of kind of out of nowhere to start challenging the City when we both got ninety eight and ninety seven points. Then they continued for a season. We dipped off. City will dip off in a season. It could be next year. It it might not, but it could be. It's teams can't maintain it for that long that's why even Alex Ferguson's teams have only the max they won is three in a row they did it I think they did it twice and they were all phenomenal teams but something happens a team just gets it does sort of like what Arsenal have done challenge challenge and don't whitter away this time let's say Liverpool done it that's what I'm saying I don't see it happening We've got too much money in the league, which means everyone can spend on the best players. It's all about the recruitment, really. And I, I just don't, I don't see it personally. Reese, 
Um, I mean, yeah, it's more competitive than, you know, we've seen with the German league, for example, right? Where at least, you know, people are actually challenging Man City, even though they're not actually going to win it. Um, I think, I think when Newcastle's, their project starts to develop, they'll be the challenge. Uh, if United get taken out by, um, by the Middle East and Prince, um, as well, the Premier Challenge. There'd be a risk of being a three-team league, cutting the rest adrift, no doubt about that. But I know we're going to discuss um, this throughout the summer, so do stay tuned, listeners. That we're, you know, it looks like the league is going to be a majority American ownership, which means they'll push for change. That way, the league will probably the way we end up restructured will probably make it more of an American system, meaning there will be a more competitive league. Overall, not just teams fighting for fourth for the relegation zone, you know. So, yeah, but that's something that's something I'm sure that will that will be implemented over time. But right now, there's no team close to Man City. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And Jamie, I, I kind of agree with your point that like stuff will happen, although it doesn't seem likely at the minute. There is always you know, we saw it with City this season, right? Like on paper. You've signed Haaland, breaks every record under the sun. I've said it many times, like that City team should be like 20 points clear. The way you're playing, the way everything's going. But despite that, you still had that weird start of the season where you're almost questioning, like almost not really questioning Pep, but like questions are being asked of the team. Like, have you seen- had Carragher saying Haaland's gone to the wrong club? Things like that. I mean, that's one of the worst, you know, well, I think that's the second worst take on Haaland this season. I know what you're going to say, and you're absolutely right. Rory had to do his apology, didn't he? Honestly. Sorry, his apology. He knows he messed up. Yeah, I think that is officially the worst shout of all time. Because um, you just couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> um, I guess on that note, we we got to... Although, uh, Jamie, I think you touched on it. Like, Pep... And I've, uh, listen, I've been crit- critical of Pep in terms of saying, you know, he's underachieved at City because of the lack of Champions League. But the the Cancelo move this season, the questioning, the dropping of players at times, questioning their mentality, it just shows how good a coach he is to be able to do that. And Cancelo, let's be fair, in my opinion, is absolutely world-class. Like, such a good wing-back. He can attack, he can defend, he's got pace, he's got skill, he's got it all. And to drop him out of the team and then not really have a natural cover... Because, you know, Ake's not a left-back. Maybe he's now, but he wasn't. Akanji's a centre-back. So, I, I again, I've got to hold my hands up and say, like, what Pep's doing is ridiculous. But We had Bernardo Silva left-back at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Emir- at the Emirates. And Lewis, Rico <laughs> Lewis was playing, you know, right-back and then see. Yeah. It's been a mad season, actually, when you look back. Um, but, yeah, Pep deserves a lot of praise for that that alone and, and the ball to a back in him. Let, let's talk, Reese again. You sort of hinted at a few, but in terms of this longevity, how long feasibly can this city dominance last? Looking at competitors, and again, to, to go on the point of the Farmers League, there's a lot of big teams now in this league, and we'll cover it in the summer, but top four is no longer safe. Top, other than City, you'd probably argue, top four is no longer guaranteed for anyone. And every single season now, we're going to see a big club, top whatever you want to call it, top four, top six. They're going to have a nightmare like Chelsea have this season. There is always going to be a club now because you've got Newcastle coming in with the money. 
You've got Brighton stepping up. You've even got Villa, historic big club, stepping up. So question for you both. Who is the likely candidates next season that could potentially do an Arsenal and kind of at least put City under a little bit of pressure? Um, first of all, let's avoid the ludicrous Villa and Brighton statements there. We'll avoid those. Um, <laughs> in Europe, both in Europe. The first in, terms of long time. in terms of who's going to be more competitive, Liverpool will be more competitive. Chelsea will be more competitive. Man United will have to get their transfer business right if they're going to push that to the next level. Newcastle will have to invest in order to push themselves to that next level a little bit. You know that, yeah, but European football for the first time for them might be a bit of a bit of a knackering for them. Arsenal have a massive summer ahead, and people don't want to admit that, but they do. You know they've got a huge summer ahead to compete with the others. But I would say Liverpool and Chelsea are the two that are in the best position to push Man City next season, and that's even before they've invested in any players. I agree on Liverpool. I. I just don't see it at the moment for Chelsea. Some, because I think also it's Poch's first season, so I think he might need some time to embed in. Really, there's a I lot. There's a lot of players there, and it's it's like I wouldn't know what Chelsea's best team is. I wouldn't know many of the best players. Like who who should start? So Poch's got to find that. He's got to also find a formation that fits because Chelsea have preferred five at the back. They've tried four at the back, but then you've got Chilwell and Reese James. They're constantly getting injured, which impacts Chelsea's season as well. So if they stay fit, it's a it could be a different matter. But I I I'm I still see Poch not lasting the season. So this is where I don't think Chelsea are going to have a title charge. I think it's going to get it's going to get a bit toxic at Chelsea with Poch due to his Spurs connection. So that's where I don't see it. Liverpool. If they actually do spend the money on the midfield, I think McAllister has agreed personal terms. No fee agreed yet. I think they'll go. They might even go for a double, a Casado, McAllister, and then they'll try and get possibly another midfielder because they've let let quite a few go now. So they must be confident in bringing in players. So I think Liverpool are, and then I think United are the next team. Um. But United do need to spend money because I don't think their current team is anywhere good enough to compete for the title yet. Like, without, I think they need to go for a Harry Kane and that can change the narrative. Yeah, they need an explosive sort of player, didn't they? Not not a flary player like Fernandes. They need someone who's, do you know what I mean, that explosive presence. You know, I don't think he can keep going to the Dutch league. I, I don't think he can. I think, I think they'll invest and it will and it will start to bring people in. But I agree. Someone like Harry Kane, yes, tactically he'll have to change it. Or just Osherman or someone like that who's just got that yeah. bit up front. Not a pretty passer, sort of stylish kind of player, which I think Rashford could be like a little bit, you know, a bit too much, you know, the way he plays. Someone who's just, I'm there to just whack it into the net. I don't care. You know, that's that's what they need at the moment. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with both. To be honest, I, I think if I had to pick one team who could push them, it, it would be Liverpool. Um, even with their their aging and, and weak midfield, they have proven with this late rally that they're still capable of being that team who go win eight, nine games in a row. 
They've still got the same manager who's done it. They've got a lot of the players who can do it. And you still, you know, obviously people have criticised Trent and all the rest of it. Trent's still Trent who won the league and won the Champions League. And he's still young. You've got Konate up and coming, unreal player. You've got Van Dijk, maybe dropped off from his peak, but still decent. So you've got such a good core there. If they make these midfield signings, they're being rumoured with. Obviously, as you said, McAllister's basically done. Maybe maybe they'll be in for Rice, maybe Caicedo, maybe even Mount. If they get two or three of those, I think Liverpool could, could be back in the mix. Because Salah's still got it. You've got Diaz coming through the ranks. You know, Nunes, let's be fair, a bit of a flop, but he has shown... I disagree, on, I disagree on that. He hasn't actually been a flop. It's a flop because people compared him to Haaland at the start of the season. If he wasn't compared to Haaland, he's actually had an OK season. It's not been great, but he's still had an actual OK season where it's sort of like you can see the signs where it's not going to be a flop. He will score goals. He just needed to time to adapt, but he does have he'll have moments. I think a bit like Lukaku can have moments where his touch is you know horrific, and then you're like Jesus Christ, you're a footballer kind of moments. But they both both them Lukaku as well score goals, so I think Nunes has been harshly done. But I think that's through to Liverpool fans overhyping him, and it's their own fault. Yeah, I think that's fair. But even even. Even in recent games, Nunes hasn't been starting, right? So you've got, even let's take Nunes out. You've then got Gakpo, who's, you know, finding his feet a little bit. You've got Jota, who who can turn it on. So I do think Liverpool will be the biggest club. With us, I, I probably agree more with you, Jamie, about us. Like, on paper, with a couple of signings, we've got a squad that can compete. But there's so much work to do in the short term with a new manager, you know, a squad calling of probably 10 players. Then you've got to change this weak mentality that's crept in over the last 10 games or so. Lot to do. Um, I think the only case you can make for us, and we'll cover every club in the summer, as Reece said, but the fact we've not got Europe, the fact we've done it before without Europe and the squad and, and spend is there. But yeah, I think I think Liverpool are the real, the real contenders, if you like. And I guess one more case... To, to make that City won't just dominate forever. I want to know your guys' thoughts is, let's assume they win the treble. How, how can City, like where City are at the minute, they're almost at the ceiling, right? There's not, I, I feel like there's not much further up they can go. <laughs> let's say they win the treble. Like how can you really improve much further than what we're seeing in terms of points, quality? Do you know what I mean? What What's the ceiling? <laughs> You, you you don't sort of hitting ninety plus points for three seasons, then took the two before before the one in the middle where we still got eight. I think so we've got like eighty four points, which would technically be ahead of Arsenal right now, and that was our slump season, if that makes sense. It it's not going to happen. It like the ceiling is sort of now. This is why when you ask me, am I bored of winning? Absolutely not, because it's not going to be as good as this. You, you probably won't see another team probably in our lifetime who will be as consistent as this in points-wise. Because even if you look at Fergie's wins of the when he's won the league, he wasn't hitting these heights. 
they're brilliant, brilliant, brilliant teams. Like winning the treble, then you've got the 08 team, the Rooney, Ronaldo sort of up front with Tevez. They're phenomenal teams, but they still weren't hitting these heights. I don't see it. The only thing that tops it is if City continue, they win the league and they win the Champions League. Like things like that, winning that winning that double, the cup double. We haven't won one yet, but I'm saying if we did and continued, that's the only thing that is above the current ceiling now. That's the only thing. Like getting the three P of the Champions League like Real Madrid done, I think is the only thing that tops it. And I I, I don't see that. I'd love it, but I don't see it myself. Yeah. And I guess I guess that reinforces the point I'm making, because what I'm trying to say is City are at a ceiling that feels almost untouchable, but you can't go that much further. And if you look at where the other clubs are, you know, Liverpool, been poor, lot of lot of room to improve and, and, and close the gap. United gonna spend, have improved, close the gap. Arsenal, same, Chelsea, even Spurs, you know, there's so much room to close the gap in theory. And again, it, it is the problem is there's reducing the gap and then overcoming the gap. I think yeah. is the sort of problem. Arsenal have reduced the gap massively, but it's overcoming it and hitting the ninety plus points. Like you think last season, Liverpool actually got ninety one, ninety two points. It's still not enough. It's it's you're not you can't get four. You won't get four teams on ninety plus points. It's just not going to happen. It, it's max one two. So that's the problem. Other teams do have is you've got to be consistent. Draws are the enemy. I know people think, oh, I'll take a draw here. Draws are the enemy. You'd rather win one, lose one, than draw two in terms of points. And that's, I think, that's what that's Liverpool's downfall when we've won the title. They've drawn too many games. And that that's just such a weird mentality to have because I think we've all gone to a game and gone, I'll take a draw here. But you can't. You can't. I think as well, you know, that that's the difference between the, the standard of the winners now. You like you look back at the Invincibles and you know, there were so many draws, right? Obviously not knocking that, but like there's so well, many draws. Yeah. Now the standard is as you said, you can't draw twelve games now. <laughs> like you have to win every game. And I think that's the big difference <laughs> why the league's got better quality. Reese, what's what's your final thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the argument is, is as soon as players, if all these players settle on the treble this season and go, that's it, Pep's not going to have that. He's going to be like, well, why don't we go for a quadruple or a, a quintuplet, however you pronounce it, you know, including the community shield there. That's a record. No one's touched that. After you've done that, go for another one. If not, a treble, treble, you know, double treble, whatever. There's always a record to break. And as soon as those players start settling for that, why do you want those players at your football club? As silly as that sounds, if your mentality, that is as far as you go and you're happy with it, Pep's not going to settle for that. He'll bring players in that want more. That's what Ferguson's team was so successful about. They wanted more. So. Pep did say that in an interview with Rio Ferdinand. He went to Rio, right, how many players were with you from your first title to your last? And Rio said maybe two or three. How many has been from Pep's first team to this team? I think it's been De Bruyne and Gundogan. Stones. Stones possibly as well, yeah. Like I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, not not many. You have to rope, you have to keep changing the team, and that's why I think like you'll see still two or three city players go, and then new ones will come in. 
But that's what all teams need to do. You can't sit still. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That wraps us up for another episode. And as we've hinted at already in the episode, although the season is almost over, our episodes will not be. We'll be dropping a new episode every single week without fail. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. But as always, like, comment and subscribe. You know the drill. Thank <laughs> you.